I'm Sam Seitels, and you are listening to The Pillars of Hamilton. I don't know about you, but I like to be informed. So I brought in the GOP and Hamilton first. I asked them the exact same questions, and here are their answers. I hope this episode helps you make a good, educated decision on who you're going to vote for. I want to thank both parties for coming and being so very awesome. And who knows, maybe we'll do it again one day. Ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, please welcome the candidates. I got the GOP here. This happened out of nowhere, gentlemen. I just found out. So, gentlemen, a couple days ago, um, a parent came up to me and asked me. They said, well, when are you going to get the GOP on the show? Because I've had all of Hamilton first. And I was like, well, I know Hamilton first. Their kids come to my school. I don't know the GOP. So I sent my people out (laughs) to find you guys. And to find you online and phone numbers. And shout out to Ben Ott. He was the one who really got uh, got in touch with you guys. So shout out to you, Ben Ott, for getting these guys here. Thank you for coming. You're, You're welcome. welcome. Thank you. Here we are. Here you are. Yeah. So uh, the idea behind my show is like to get to know people. Um, especially, I mean, the Hamiltonians, people who, uh, I don't know, if they classify themselves. Hamiltonian's a weird term, man. A lot of people don't know whether or not they're allowed to classify themselves. Including myself. But people of Hamilton, who I find interesting, are important. And um, about this election, like I think it's really important that all of Hamilton knows you guys, knows the guys you guys are running it against. And there's we're in this time right now where it seems like it's very us versus them because of what's going on in politics nowadays. And I don't like it. Like I, I, I've just been talking to you guys. You guys seem like good guys. I'm friends with the other group. Like I just feel like people should know you guys, know them, and decide who's the best fit for the town um so please uh i know everyone knows you but please introduce yourself uh joe girallo uh, lifelong hamiltonian uh, been around in many civic organizations over the years Uh, raised here raised my family here in fact i'm fourth generation my children are fifth generation i'm not afraid to say it hamiltonians Uh, (laughs) we are fifth my children are fifth generation i'm hoping to be here to see a sixth generation how old are your kids 21 and 20 okay okay are they going to stick around i'm hoping yeah i'm hoping seems like a lot of people do or some people go and then they come back. i always say they they may go but they'll be back yeah they're not going to disappear i believe that they will be back yeah Uh, because i don't care where you go anywhere i've been around this country somebody knows where hamilton is and somebody will always come back to hamilton is that right yes that's right what do you think it is why the roots family yeah closeness we may disagree at times politically but if there's somebody that hurts in your family everybody will be there to to be by your side that's so true and that's what i see and that's what makes this town so unique well i've only been here for like three years <clears throat> and i've had little you know emergencies my son got real sick this summer uh, other things and as soon as i put the word out there i mean people just pounce just trying to help like they're like pushy about wanting to help you they may disagree with you all day long but if you need help they'll be here it's awesome and that's what makes this town different right on so would you like to introduce yourself sure anthony Rosat. i'm a also a lifelong resident of hamilton i went to school here k through 12 at st joe then i went to LaSalle college actually my ba is in political science although i went in banking for 40 years i was gonna say i heard you were in banking yes i have been 
for a very long time. I have uh, three children. My oldest is older than you. She's 40. Oh. <laughs> even my second oldest is probably older than you. He's 38. And then older younger, than me. Younger yeah. son is 30. All right, younger and than me. <laughs> he's, he's still at home, but he's, he's handicapped. And I have two granddaughters, ages 11 and eight, 11 and 9. She just turned 9. He's handicapped. Uh, is it uh, physical or? If you look at him, you really can't tell, but he has a, what you call tubal sclerosis. What is that? He has two, when he was born, he has tuberous fibers on his brain. They could have been in all different organs as well. Fortunately, they weren't. Oh. But one did turn into a tumor, and he's had brain surgery twice. When, oh. he, when he was seven, when he was 11. So he's developmentally delayed. He goes to Arkansas County for a day program, takes a- access link there. So okay. it's three dollars and five cents each way. And if there's work there, he has some work. If there's not, he pretty much sits around and looks at his books. He's a reader? Well, he can't read really, but he can look at pictures and he can read some words. Do you know uh, Officer Sean Grasso by chance? No. He was on the show, <clears throat> and he has a son with autism. You know him. Yes. Um, and he wrote a graphic novel called Shawnee Shoe Hands. Kind of, it, it's loosely based off his own experience, you know, with starting off with denial, then acceptance, and, you know, um, he's a police officer. And in the comic book, this, the, the boy with autism actually develops superpowers, but he also is still struggling with autism. It's, it's an amazing yeah, book. Michael has a touch of autism, but he's all over the spectrum. They say people with tubal sclerosis, there's one in every 10,000 people. One in 10,000. But 000. it could be anywhere in the spectrum, from a one up to 100. So he's just happened to be at the higher end of it. My older son has the same thing, but... He's fine. He's working at NJM. Right on. All right. Would you like to introduce yourself, sir? Yes. Hello. My name is Rocco Ficciatola, Jr. My friends call me Rick. Uh, I'm a lifelong resident of Hamilton also. I have uh, two sons, Matthew and Michael, who are both uh, successful in the community. One works at uh, New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance, and the other one is a health and phys ed school teacher. Oh, where does he teach phys ed? He teaches at the Atlantic, um, at the Hess uh, Elementary School in Mays Landing. Okay. And my wife just uh, retired from Atlantic County Special Services School District, and um, and in fact, my younger son Michael. Uh, just uh, got engaged this past summer. Oh, congratulations, man. And he's looking to build his home in Hamilton. He already has a piece of ground to do that. Very so, nice. Uh, he's going to be uh, hopefully a lifelong resident also. Okay, so two lifelong residents. Three? No, three, three, three lifelong three. residents. Yep. Okay. Have you guys known each other like since you were little ones? Well, maybe not since we were little, but okay. recently. Okay, yeah, yeah. I've known Rick my uh, entire life. You have. Oh, yeah. Lifelong friends. Joey, yeah. Joey's family and my family were very close growing up. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, your friends are, families are friends. Yes. yes. Cool. So you guys know each other pretty well. You guys can be able to work with each other if that Absolutely. happens. Absolutely. Yeah. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Looking forward to working with everybody. Yeah. For the benefit of the town. For sure. Um, so you've already been working for the town, right, for a long time. Yes. Uh, Joe, you were on the school board for 15 years. I spent nine years as vice president, four years as president, spent nine years on the zoning board of adjustment, and I've spent nearly 40 years on the planning board and just completing four years on council. Planning board? What do you guys plan? Is that in That's your developments. Or? No, that's the developments in the community, subdivisions, everything like that. Okay. 
So. I had Sam Mento on here the other day. Yes. Good man. Yes. Good man. Told me about you guys have a lot of successes to be proud of for yes, sure. Yes, there's a whole lot of success. You have an excellent school district. Very proud of that. Very proud of my tenure there, 15 years. We a lot of uh, rehabilitation of buildings. We saw our numbers come up as far as education, mm. balanced budgets. Uh, of course, you don't pass school budgets anymore, but I went to the uh, Board of Education in time when they couldn't pass a budget, and we had eight winning years of passing budgets, so that meant you were doing something right in the community. That's huge. And two bond referendums, uh, one for $12 million to rehab a building, uh, which is, I, I always say, my proudest accomplishment, taking a, a school that had nothing done to it from 1974 to rehabbing the entire building and hopefully we see another 50 to 60 years of use out of that school. Nothing done since 1974? No, not when we rehabbed the building. Uh, as a teacher, these things make me very upset. Yes. But this is about you guys, so let us move on. <laughs> we could talk all day about that. Um, are you still on the school board? Or no, you you're just... not allowed to be on both, no. Oh, right, right. Um, so, and you, sir, yes, or we'll get into politics, man, but I want people to find out like about you guys. Um, I heard you're an avid runner. Yeah, I did. Have done more than 20 marathons. 20 marathons. Yeah, 22 maybe, but yeah, kind of slowed down since I had back surgery and knee replacement. That'll so. do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no bit. doubt. Yeah, I did New York four times, Chicago a couple times, Washington three times, Philly The Chicago times. one was yesterday, right? Um, it may have been. My friend Maria Ramundo, who was also on this show, she had knee surgery up in her, at 45, started running marathons at 50. Really? First time ever. <laughs> Joe, you look motivated. Yeah, not really. I'm not Actually, a runner. The, the first time I did Chicago, we were staying at the Hilton where they filmed The Fugitive. So I went down at 5 o'clock in the morning. There was four inches of snow on the ground. They had a lakefront snowstorm. So it was like a blizzard. So I figured, how do you dress for this? So I never wore tights. So I wore tights. But by mile 10, the temperature went up to like 45, and I was like dripping. Oh. Was a challenge, no doubt. I mean, the challenge of a marathon in general. I once ran a half marathon, and as soon as it was over, I thought to myself, "If I was at the halfway point right now, I'd be dead. I'd be yeah, dead." My best was three forty-five, three hours and forty-five minutes, and then it went down from there. <laughs> yeah, tends to do that, man. I have to go ask you guys. Oh, of course, about your collections, Joe. Uh, because when I asked people, I said, "You know, I don't really know these guys. Tell me about them." Everybody wants to talk about your trains. Some people told me not to bring that up right away because you'll talk about it the whole episode. I could talk to you for <laughs> hours about Lionel trains. I've been a, a post-war Lionel train collector since probably about eight, eight years old. I currently have close to a 1,000 pieces of Ooh. Lionel train post-war. Uh, I've spent the last three winters uh, trying to uh, get it to a computer and get it uh, categorized because sometimes you go to a train show and I... I'll buy something and say, well, that looks good, and I'll come home, and about six months later, I'll see that I already had a couple of them. Uh, enjoy my trains. Known for big train layout displays at Christmas time. Um, enjoy that. Was that since you were like a little kid? Absolutely. Or? That was my dad's thing. He showed me how to do it, and I always built huge train layouts, um, usually in the front room of our house, and then we have open house and people come. My big thing is that when I... Uh, Retire from work in hopefully 18 months that uh, I'm going to take the garage. And uh, I really want to run about 60 or 70 sets of trains at one time. That's a that's a huge goal of mine. How many? 60, you said? 60 or 70 sets I want to run at one time. I, I just 
That's a that's a bucket like list. Si- you mean like sixty trains in your house going at the same time? In the garage, yeah. I'm going to build a huge layout, several layers. It's all <coughs> designed it all. I just haven't built it yet. I feel like the Travel Channel needs to come see that or something <laughs> like that. That's insane. Love my trains. Uh, do train shows uh, from September to May. Quite a bit on the east coast. What do you coast. mean you do shows? I attend train shows where they sell trains because I don't only buy them on the internet. I actually go to actual train shows where uh, trains are for sale and you get to go to see them. And I didn't even know those things existed, man. <laughs> that was really cool. Traveled the East Coast at train shows to look for things. And, are you um, into all things automotive? Yes. Okay. As my wife would say, anything that has wheels and moves. Anything that has wheels and moves? Well, it's kind of crazy because you bought the first ever car. 1925 Model T. We talking about the first car, Henry yes. Ford. I bought an original 1925 Model T. That's all original. That's Wait, it's not the first original no, car. No, the original car came. It was the first mass mass produced, produced right original right, car with the assembly line. Model T came out in 1909. Right. Uh, I've restored many cars over the years, and um, oh, you can do that, huh? Yes, I learned about it and I taught myself in a book. And uh, really never took no any automotive classes, but have learned how to do that. Yeah. And uh, of all the cars I've worked on or restored, the Model T has been thus far the coolest because it's very rudimentary. There's not a mm. whole lot to it. Um, it's very different. It's very, very different than what you see today when you get in a car. You know, no heater, no defrosters, mm-hmm. a very crude reverse uh, <laughs> how no do you feel turning shift. that wheel i Is love it? it yeah it's a real feeling you learn how to drive that and oh and, my gosh that's with it. so it's, cool it's a real step back in time yeah oh man I've that's so it. cool and um the thing about the model t was it was geared when when ford built the model t uh, he paid his workers five dollars an hour in the 1920s, which was unheard. Yeah, of. I was gonna say it's a lot. For that back was unheard then. of, but because he wanted his people mm. to be able to afford a Model T in the driveway, right? So that when they saw a Model T in the driveway, they knew how how great the car was. Okay, now you're looking at from 1909 to 1920, early 1928, they made 16 million Model T's. Whoa. The only car that over uh, exceeded that was the Volkswagen Bug. No other car mm. in the history of the world has there oh, been more had, cars made. Everyone needed a car. There was and no they were black. all black because all it, black. Was, it was uh, the paint dried the fastest mm. and it was the cheapest. That's what they were about, right? Fast, and cheap. It. And the car that, uh, the car that uh, I have, I have the original bill of sale and all the people bought it in Philadelphia for Six hundred and twenty dollars, tax and all. When you think about that, nineteen twenty-five. Six hundred twenty dollars. Yes. I want to. I, I know it's rude to ask. I can't ask you, man. I'm so curious what a, a working Model T would go for in 2019. Not much, because nobody wants them. What are you talking about, nobody, man? Not no, even no, just like. There's a, not a huge interest in Model Ts anymore. People are more interested in muscle cars. They're more interested in muscle cars. But that's for like a totally different kind of person. Absolutely. I've had Cadillacs, Dodges. I've had them all. Mm. I've had 13 different collector cars over time. But this, to me, is the coolest. Uh, When you look at it, uh, you could start it with the crank. 1925 (laughs) was the first year with a starter. So there's a whole lot of different things that are involved in this. Yeah. It actually had two headlights that worked. Um, no brake light. 
and it has the most history. Huh? And it has the most history. The yes. most history. history is unbelievable. It has the original wood wheels. Tires are thin because there weren't. There was less than 500 miles of paved road in 1925 in yeah. this country. When you think about it, so the the thin tires were to go through the sand and all. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Wow, history with the GOP. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. A little history lesson. Um, and the last things I want to mention before we actually talk about the pol- political stuff is you also your son, right? Your son of Italy. Is that uh, you? No, I attended the Sons of Italy uh, this morning. Oh, the, uh, the Columbus, Columbus Day. Columbus Day. Oh, but you're not a member. You were no. just uh, okay. You were just uh, visiting. No. What was that? They do every year. They do a wonderful um, tribute to Christopher Columbus. Oh, okay. And it's a lot of fun to go there and hear about the history of the Italian people, and uh, it's very interesting if you you study that. I've been to Italy uh, to see, and and you know Columbus was really ahead of his time. When we think about it, what I think that we should should always remember is not that Columbus discovered America, that he found his ba- way back from where he was, and no other explorer mm. up till that time had ever found their way back. Yeah, not too many people talk about yeah. that. No, he found his way back. That's what made him different than everyone else. Ah. when you think about it, it's interesting. People probably discovered America before. And never and made never it, returned made to, it, tell made it to tell their story. That or got killed, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But he returned. He made it. A lot of controversy over that holiday. Um, of, yes. But. Yeah. Yeah, but I got the day off, so I'm here talking to you guys. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> um, you guys ready to talk a little politics? A little bit. All right. So I have questions. I just I went around and uh, asked if people had questions for you guys, and they do. Um, Are they tough? I don't know. I think that's for you to say. Look, I didn't write down because this isn't a political show. This I know not it's funny. not. You and I talked about that. Yeah. And so I didn't write down any questions that I didn't think were fair. Um, these are the same questions that if I had the other group right. in here, I would definitely ask them the exact same questions. Absolutely. For sure. And you guys can answer as you please. Okay. Question number one. They are all coming from Anonymous. Uh course (laughs) what will you be doing to improve the lives of children growing up here in Hamilton Uh, if you have any plans for anything yet but we keep our community safe Mm. you know uh, I asked Joey uh, that uh, that little girl from Bridgeton that was uh, kidnapped mm, in yeah. the park. I said, Joey, do we got do we got lights? I mean, do we got uh, cameras out in our parks? And he said, Yes, we did. You know, and it's uh, simple reasoning like that to make sure that our community stays safe. I know we got a great, fantastic uh, police department. Oh, and shout out to the new chief, Kevin. Man, he came on yes, here. He's a great yes. guy. Uh, I. I would like to do a little bit more because uh, we get we get good police officers and they leave to go to uh, other municipalities. I is like that to, right? To do that. Yes. We just so what is there is there more that you can do for these officers who well, are searching for see, greener I'm, pastures? I'm going to see when, when, if if I get in there if I'm elected to do that. Uh, we just lost an officer, Officer Brandon Camel, great guy that went to another uh, municipality. Is it is it a money thing? Or are they just? Can you answer that, Jeff? Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Uh, you never know if it's benefits. After I sat on the Board of Education for 15 years, you never know whether it's salary, whether it's benefits, whether something changes in their life. Um, they get married to someone from another community. It, it's multi, you know, faceted as to why people. Do leave. you think 
and I could be totally off about this. Go ahead. Do you think it's possible that they don't just they think Hamilton's too small and that when they're policing here, they're going to be arresting and pulling over people that they know? Well, that's always a possibility, but they also may look, um, look, we're not uh, Philadelphia, we're not uh, Deptford, we're not Atlantic City, um, we're 20-plus member department. Maybe somebody's looking for faster growth. That I don't know. Maybe they're looking for more steps in a ladder. Yeah. That's that's unknown. These are good questions probably to ask them, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. in an exit interview, that would be the absolute thing to to find out. Why are you leaving? I mean, we did that at this school. Um, of course, that's personnel, so you can't share as to why people right. would say, I'm leaving. Okay. Was it the administration? Is it salary? Was it single benefits? Whatever. Was it a career change? Yeah. You know, but you want to strive to do the best you can for your youth. As you and I spoke about, and all of us spoke about early on, about keeping our, our children here. We need something for them. We need to continue the programs with the soccer and, and the youth sports and the Hawks. That's all extremely important. We'd never turn our back on any of that. I'm um, glad you said that. Actually, that was, someone, that was one of the questions is, um, are there plans to make sure all children, I didn't know this was an issue, uh, plans to make sure that all children can participate in Little League and uh, the soccer team? Absolutely, and they should be. Just like um, there's ways nowadays uh, with handicapped e equipment in parks and all of that to keep a reason for every child to be active and get out and, and, and stay. I give you an example. I'm a big believer. I'm a huge believer that that children should play outside, mm. as I did and Rick did and Anthony did. You know, when we grew up, there was no iPhone, there was no computer, there was no any of that. Uh, I rode my bike, okay, uh, up and down. We played catch. We played basketball outside. I think that, in all truthfulness, we were a healthier generation because we were out breathing fresh air and moving around. Uh, and I think that's important for our children here. And not everybody's interested in that. So we should be looking to the school, as when I was at the school, with different clubs to keep children involved. Because raising children, as I know and as my running mates know, is not an easy task to make sure that they don't fall, as I say, they don't fall off the bicycle somewhere uh, and go wrong because that's heartache. I've seen it on the Board of Education. Mm, I've seen I'm children sure. make a wrong turn, and I've seen the family go broke over it, trying to get them back on the right path because they got involved with the wrong people or they weren't busy enough. So there's a lot of pluses and minuses. So absolutely, it's not just sports, it's everything, whether it be reading clubs or STEM clubs or, or you name it. I have, um, I'm from Florida, I'm, I don't know if Why you guys heard that again. Please don't. Please don't, brother. I, um, and there were a lot of drug issues with the kids in Florida. Not just because... Uh, one of the big reasons is because the pain pills in Florida are at an abundance. There's these pain management centers. People just get them and sell them to kids. Um, but I found that there wasn't enough for kids to do. There wasn't enough clubs. There wasn't enough activities, places to go. There was like the mall. And then like that was it. Um, and so I love the fact that Hamilton is so child-oriented, so family-oriented. I 
will be living here the rest of my life. Okay. And I'm um, going to hold you to that. All right. Please do, man. I don't know where else to go. This is the place. If I'm going to have my kids, and I want my kids, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, I want them to venture out to see what else is out there so that they know. But then they're going to know how good it was to come back. Yes, here. exactly. Um, but I, there, there's a ahead. lot of clubs. There's a lot of things that can be done with the school. Um, and... and, and when I was on the Board of Education, there's 40-some, 50-some clubs in the school, and I'm very involved with the Lions Club. Um, I just had been. Mike on here. Yes. Yeah, Missed I know. Yeah. half the Mike he used to be. Yeah, half the Mike. He bragged about, you know, everything when him and I spoke about it. He did an excellent job. He's man. He's, he's done a lot for the Lions organization. And as you know, uh, we have a, a Leo Club that's active in the high school, which is excellent. We've got about 20 young lions, as I call them. Oh, good. Which is good. And I'm hoping that after school, they become lions members, and they continue that. And they're things to do. They're lifelong <coughs> things to do. Um, it's just like I was always a big supporter of, of golf and tennis and things like that while on the Board of Education. They're lifelong things that you can do yeah They're, you don't you're need right. a team you know because think about it after and you college, can do it when you're young you can do, you it when, can you're do when you're old you can play tennis running cross country i mean anthony ran for years i saw him run by my house i heard i heard you run all over the town yeah, i can see you. tell you a number of courses around town Is if, it, oh, if you okay. need to run <laughs> yeah no i love running for sure huh? so, i don't want to hog up all the time but they the, absolutely the youth you have to keep them involved you have to make sure that you steer them in the right direction and that's important do you know what this question is about, though? Like, is there kids that are not being uh, allowed on these teams for any reason? I don't know. I'm certainly not aware of any of. That. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. always it's always been open. Okay. As far as my kids growing up, they participated in. So know. no one gets turned away. No, when I go down okay. on Saturday morning and and watch the kids with soccer, oh my God, I think they emptied the whole town down there on the soccer <laughs> I field. I heard there's, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of participation. Yes. Yeah, there's a ton of participation. And I got to tell you, that's great exercise. Mm. Okay, and you don't have to be extremely. I'm gonna. You have to be good, but you don't have to be the best in the world to run around and get some of that. That's fresh why soccer is that sport. Yeah, yes. You know. Yeah. No. Um, soccer was no big deal when we were growing up. Yeah. yeah. When we went to school, it was, it was baseball, baseball, football, and, and basketball, basketball, and I'll see it. you later. You know, yeah. uh, a lot of schools are getting into uh, a polo and stuff like that. You know, a lot of them are doing swimming. Swimming's difficult. That's a very costly yeah. lacrosse. Oh. Yeah. Lacrosse is becoming a big. Lacrosse is awesome. Yeah. I wish they had lacrosse when I was a kid. That looks so much fun. So let's move on from kids. Let's move on to Main Street. Um, just simple question: uh, Are you planning on, or it just says, are you supporting Main Street? What will you do to support Main Street? No, we will continue to support them. They've done a good job. Yeah, I, I mean, no reason we wouldn't. Out of all of the candidates, I am the only one that lives downtown, and my family's been downtown since 1936. So oh. we've seen the good and the bad. I've heard there was a lot of bad. Yes, but I've seen a lot of good. And you yeah. certainly don't change what's good. And you m keep moving forward with it. And in my estimation, the downtown is important to all of the community. Now, I, I realize how difficult it is because I, I work for county government. I do Section 108 loans for businesses and all of those types of things. So I see a different 
aspect around the what county. Do you, what do you mean by difficult? Difficult because sometimes when you're now up against box stores where, as a downtown, when you're up against, uh, as much as I rubs me the wrong way, Amazon, and people don't go to a mall no more. I mean, the Hamilton, no, mall, Hamilton mall is the prime example of what was a wonderful thing. You're not from here. It was great to go 20 minutes down the road. We had a mall. They had a million stores. You could do whatever you needed to do. It's a mere shadow of itself. It's when pretty we, depressing. We, yes. When we grew up, there was the Echelon Mall. That was a real thriving business. Nobody loved Christmas time more than a guy like me to run in and out of 50 stores and look at the decorations. You don't see that anymore. Think about it. The stores downtown, we have right. to give them incentives. There should be some type of tax incentive. We should look at all of that because they have a niche market, A, that they have to deal with. They've only got a population of Hamilton and some of the surrounding communities, and it's hard. And when you can go on a computer and you can buy a pair of shoes at 8 in the morning and it's delivered at 5 in the afternoon. Read the reviews. Right. And in all honesty, I'm not going to get off my couch and go downtown. And that's sad. Yeah. Because without people walking, without the walking wallets, without people, it's hard. And that's what I mean by hard. And we've come this far. We have to help them, nurture them, and make sure we don't lose them. Yeah. That's important. It has to be fun. People, it's a niche market. People aren't going to go on Amazon, per se, and buy olive oil. Like the tails <laughs> of the olive. Okay? They're not going to do that. You go there, you sample it, you taste it. It's, it's an experience different. when you go there. It's a great experience. So what I'm saying is, absolutely, this team will support the downtown. We don't want to see it go backward. But on the other hand, you also have to support the Whitehorse Pike District, too, because they're rateables. And it's to make a fine community, you have to have a balance of retail, wholesale, community. People come to your community. Uh, I work in Atlantic City. People come here to eat. Anadas is a big deal mm, on the main so street. Good. Okay, Marcello's. People need to have a reason to come. And we've given them that reason. Yeah. We need to keep that reason. And to touch on Rick's point that he went and he talked about with children, we need to be safe. The community needs to be safe. I get out of my truck in the morning at 5 o'clock in Atlantic City. I put my head on a swivel and do a 360 before I walk three blocks to work. That doesn't happen in Hamilton. And that's what we need to make sure never happens here. Because if you lose that, people aren't going to come here and spend their money. Uh, you're not going to come here to spend your money if i got to worry about my safety. Yeah. And that's, you know, and we do an excellent job with it. Yeah. So I feel very safe here in Hamilton. I don't lock my doors most night. I know it's not too bright to say on your podcast, <laughs> but I don't lock my doors. <laughs> uh, and the key's in my Model T if somebody wants to All drive right. it off. It's okay. Nobody's listening. Okay. Nobody's listening. <laughs> <laughs> but now, that's what you need to make a community. i am be real truthful with you. Um, so absolutely, I've always supported Main Street. Love we it because I walk down there. I mean, I'm a block from it. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Always support the restaurants downtown. Yeah. Lions meetings are always at Marcello's. We have been for years. Okay. Um, and uh, quite frankly, at the townhouse, uh, my front door is so close, I walk in their back door. So uh, <laughs> just being supportive. Very cool.
Very cool. Did you guys have anything to add or on to the next? No, I, no. I just uh, agree with Joey. Uh, downtown is very beautiful, but we also have to take in consideration the Pike, White Horse Pike also. Uh, we're finally, Hamilton's finally going to get a 24-hour gas station soon. Is it the Wawa's going to be 24? Yes. yes. All right, man. For three years that was held up. I mean, this is what's, we got to have growth all over our town. But especially downtown is, is important too. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I, I I mean, I come from New York City where everything's 24 hours. So when I came home <laughs> the other day at like two, three in the morning, I was like, I need gas. Uh, yeah, well, when I grew up, you didn't buy gas on the weekend. What do you mean? There were no gas, gas stations <laughs> open. And Get out of here. Yeah, when I'm I'm 57, when I grew up, no. Uh, and and when I grew up, and these guys grew up, Main Street. Closed at noontime on Wednesdays. Yeah, and we 12 will remember that. 12, 12 o'clock, the downtown closed, and then they were open a half a day Saturday. And that was it. <laughs> so we're old <laughs> enough to remember all that. Oh, wow. So when well, the banks were And closed there was no iPhones. Right. What did you do? And he'll tell you the banks were closed. On Fridays from 3 to 6. Wow. Hmm, so what do you guys do? Just ride your bikes, huh? Find, find your fun. Yeah, there was no such thing as something open on a Sunday in Hamilton when wow. I grew up. So it's yeah, just got to go find your fun somehow. I'm sure those were the the best days of the week. You got to find your stories on those days. Absolutely. All right. Um, let's talk because I know that you guys have been um, posting on Facebook about the roads. Um, so what are the plans? What will you be doing differently that isn't happening right now? Um, yeah. Okay. I. Well, my research has shown that. There is like three, four stages in developing a road. First, you have the base, which is called an I-5. That's the most important part of a road. Then you have the second base is, what's that called, Joe? Stag? Stag. Stag. And that requires another four inches. And then you have your top base, your coating on the top. That's the way you, you complete a road that'll last for 25, 30 years, okay? You get what you pay for. If you just paint a road on the top, it's not going to last. So if you're going to do the job, do it the right way. So what? So you guys are proposing to rip up the roads and and restart, or or just it would you should truly do an inspection of every road. Um, I grew up here as well as my running mates. Uh, some of these roads were I'm going to use the word dirt roads that that were started with just a coat on top. Under a lot of these roads are the original sewer and water systems that were put in. Aging systems, very aging systems. I'll give you an example. Um, my street. It's just as an example. Then I, I'll point to other examples because people always say you don't point to an example. I'll gladly point to an example. <laughs> uh, it's important. important. It's important. <laughs> okay, because you know, uh, in life, I always believe that there's three sides to every story. Oh, man. Tell he, me about it. His, hers, and the truth. Mm -hmm. So we'll go from there. I live on a street that uh, sewer came along in 1944. And you're going to say, well, how do you know it came in 1944? It came in 1944 because my grandfather never threw out none of the bills in a file when uh, sewer was uh, 25 cents a quarter okay and it was a dollar for the year when sewer was first ran to the house in 1944. The water line was ran sometime in the 1930s. Take an example now we're going to come in and we're going to scarify the top 
and then we're going to put two inches of blacktop on top of the road but we're not going to check anything under the road we're dealing with a aged sewer system we're dealing with an aged water system now when i put the vibratory roller on top of that to compact to compact the new street what happens to the infrastructure underneath does it all crumble? does it all crumble? some of it cracks some of it not, it won't crumble while they're there but it'll crack perfect example i point <coughs> to because people always say can you point to an example i sure can um from peach street to chestnut street south third street was paved two or three years ago put the overlay top didn't check the water lines didn't check the sewer lines if i'm correct the road has about 16 major patches through it that over the winters when the, when it freezes the cracks that you had created from the rolling of the system and the new system on top break and then you have water leaks so what's the sense of paving a road without checking underneath now we heard a lot about sewer systems and infiltration last year of uh, we're getting groundwater infiltration some of them sewer pipes are very very old they should be lined we had a we had a presentation on slip lining uh, the lines i think that's most important it's very cost effective you said you're from new york new york uh number one in the country for slip lining the oldest sewage system in the country takes that pipe runs a a a, a rubber lining inside that pipe okay very cost effective versus digging up the whole street does it yeah. and you get 80 to 100 years extra life out of that pipe oh we stopped two things we stopped the groundwater infiltration and we stopped the leakage of the sewage into the ground and then make sure that it reaches to the sewer plant that's what we mean by saying do a road the right way i'm going to look at you and tell you is it a little more costly yes but if i'm done and i finish the road and I get 25 years out of a road versus five years out of a road that I put a two inch top on. And in the middle of the winter, I'm cutting holes all over the road and it looks like Swiss cheese because I got water main breaks. Now, the other issue I learned about over the years, uh, because I've done a lot of this, manhole in front of my house, they're brick. When they were built original sewage systems, they were brick manholes. They were brick where the, where the pipes from all the houses dump into a manhole collected by a main pipe takes it to the sewer plant so now nobody's been down there to repoint those bricks or look at those bricks for 80 years so when i put a roller that vibrates if you've ever seen a, vi a roller vibrate you no. stood on the ground it'll shake your eye teeth so now all those little cracks in all those things that's how you see when you ride around town or any community and you see the manhole either up or down it means it's had groundwater infiltration that's going around it and it's created a problem our issue is this we want to do it right the first time does it cost a few dollars more yes but it needs to be done the proper way there's some uh, sewer lines that um, are 28 inches around they they sit in water along Central Avenue they, they sit in seasonal high water because some parts of this town are very very wet they need to be slip lined now we need to stop that we need to stop treating rainwater going into the sewage plant so it's a multi-faceted thing when we say do the roads a real roads program okay yeah and but that will be the cheapest way in the long run 
Yes. It will, you're, you're saying that will save money in the end. Absolutely. Because it's being done the right way. Yeah, unfortunately, when you... Sorry, can you just talk a little bit? Unfortunately, Rick's right. When you when it, Sometimes you might have to spend a few dollars more on the front end for the benefit on the back end. That's all that we're saying. And I'm not saying, oh, geez, every road needs to be tore up to the bottom. No, but did we do our... Did we do our studies? Did we do our due diligence? I've pointed out that places like Evesham, Cherry Hill, they have a they have a, a truck that's owned by their community that actually X-rays and they can see the pipes underneath the ground before they pave oh. a road. So they know, geez, we got bad valves, we've got cracks, we've got a manhole cover, we've got stuff here that's old. Remember that Hamilton, Hamilton had the first and oldest operating sewer plant in the state of New Jersey, built in 1911. Oh. Example, common sense. I bury that pipe. I'm not going to look at it. I'm not, I'm not inspecting that pipe. I don't know if it's got hairline cracks. Uh. I don't know what the deal is, but think about it. It just kind of makes sense in my world. Uh, do a lot of uh, CDBG funding for the county. So I, I see roads built, I see plans, I see specs. Um, granted, everybody wants their road paved, but I don't want you to come back in five years to be real frank with you. I, let's do it right. And if you take a ride around, you'll see exactly what we are talking about. Yeah, I'm gonna check out what uh, the road you uh, talked uh, about earlier. Yeah. I can take and show you. Yeah. You'll see the you'll see the cuts in the road because uh, I went out there on some of those freezing cold Saturday mornings or at night when there was a water main break to check on the guys, and it's a shame to destroy a new road six months after it's put down to cut a patch in it because when you cut that patch, you'll never seal that patch to stop the water infiltration next winter when the water gets in, freezes, and lifts it up, and then you got a pothole situation. If I could just add, yeah, absolutely. I really feel this is all good that we we're looking forward to. We what we need a, a written plan. The town, my understanding, has no business plan. This should be spelled out. What's going to happen over the next three years? You're talking about plans specifically for the roads, right? Or even the plan just for the town. I mean, I wrote the business plan for a billion-dollar corporation for the last 15 years. So I mean, you usually project three years and then speculate on the next five can't go out much farther than that because things change but I really feel we need a written plan that's going to give us the roadmap to follow that will not be in a pun there but give us a roadmap <laughs> to follow to uh, put us in the right direction uh, but okay uh, I mean a roadmap to everything like how does one make a, a, a plan for I, I just don't know personally so could you explain a little more oh, normally on a business plan you're going to reach out to your different departments and ask them to project what they see over the next three years. Okay. And then formulate this into a, a business plan for the corporation, which talking to s some people, I don't believe the ha town has one right now. Will it happen overnight? No, because it takes a while to put a plan together. But I think really feel we should have something in writing to show the direction of the town. Could you tell me what what this plan you would want to write would cover like obviously the roads well, I, I wouldn't write it the CFO should be writing it but oh okay it would include all aspects of the various departments and the plan for that and and you're talking about a plan that's three years well it's projected for three years yeah okay interesting I, I just want to add something on that yeah yeah 
of course working for county government and doing um, federal funding we have to do a five-year plan and I know that you say oh, what do you mean by a five-year plan we had to do five-year plans when I was on the Board of Education example how many rooms are you going to re, uh, tear up and put new tile in? How many rooms are you going to do new carpet in? How many rooms are you going to paint this year? A plan so that it helps you to budget where you're going. Example, we have a roster of buses at the school when I was on the Board of Education. We have 55 pieces of buses and equipment. Short buses, long buses, minivans. There's a time when they're only on the you're allowed to keep them on the road 10 years 12 years 20 years so when you go to the school board you have a list and you say oh hey joe five buses have to come off this road off the road this year that's the plan same thing what anthony's talking about a plan this year we're going to do five roads these are the five roads when we're looking at them five roads we're going to look at the sewage the water and the drainage under that Town vehicles. We're going to know. We're going to see that list of town vehicles. Which vehicles need to stay on the road? Which ones need to go off the road? Not. I don't care what party runs anything. It gives you a plan. And I've been in. Been around since I was 18 years old in government. When I went to the planning board, I'm now 58 years old. Without a plan and knowing where you're going, I could drop dead tomorrow. Parties could change. People th th change. There's nothing to look at. I get calls from people on the school board now. They'll say to me, what year did you put the roof on the school? I say, look at the five-year plan. It'll tell you what we paid, what we when we did the roof, what wasn't done on the roof, what was done on the roof. And and what I'm saying to you is, uh, my education is, uh, I'm, I'm a history major. History teaches us everything. You're a history major? Yes. Right on. So history teaches you everything. Yep. Because I had a uh, history teacher that said, those that don't learn their history are bound to repeat it. And you yeah. know what I'm saying. Sure too. do. So what I'm saying is, now I don't have to waste good money um, and, and go to see what was done under Peach Street, as an example, that the sewer lines were done when we did this, the water lines were done, there were so many water taps. It's, it's, it's a new age. It's a new age. Um, I'll give you an example. They've dug up and we've, they've completed the, uh, the block between uh, uh, 12th Street and, um, and Orchard Street. They found many pieces of pipe under there, many different stubs. and the, There wasn't a record of it. Years ago, nobody kept a record of any of that stuff. So what we're saying is, not only a plan going forward, you got to know where you were. Example, when we built, when I re, re, uh, redid the uh, elementary school, there were all as-built plans. Now people look at me and say, what the hell's an as-built plan? As-built is just the way it was done. Because when you build something with a set of specifications, it may not end that way because mm, that beam might have been in the way, so I had to reroute a water line to get to where I needed to go. That's the thing about plans is the variables, right? Correct. But when you do an as-built, the as-built isn't going to match the plan that you went to bid on and built. The as-built is as it was built. So then we know the history and then we're not paying good money again to research what, what happened here. Um, yeah. It takes time. This doesn't happen overnight. Sounds like I, it, man. I, uh, my whole, my whole life thing is to, and I think we all believe this, is to leave this, this, this town much better than we found it for when we're gone for our children and grandchildren.
And just to piggyback Joe's remarks, when you're going out and seeing the equipment that you need, you're going department to department, you have to be able to tie that into the budget. Because you can't make a budget unless you know those needs. Right. Now, I don't know how the budget is formulated today. I'm just saying maybe it is, maybe it's not. But those items have to be incorporated when you look at that budget. Because, again, and Anthony's right, give an example. Size of the town we are, uh, 20 years is the most you can hold on to a piece of fire equipment. It has to be retired after 20 years, whether it's got one mile or one million miles on it. Same thing with buses at the school, so on and so forth. Right. That equipment's far from cheap, so you need to know what money's going to be set aside in a budget so that when you go ahead and you bond for that, you're not saying, geez, I've got to have a 10-cent tax increase, or i got to do this to do that. It's a plan. Because we couldn't afford everything all at once. That right. would never happen. But you need to know, geez, I have a break here. I can do this. And that's, that's well, most important. Okay. So then one last uh, question before I get into something else. Um, how It'll piggyback off that. How will you accomplish your plans while keeping the taxes low? That is a question I got from a couple people. Well, it's not that difficult. You're looking at me. You take your budget and you review it line item by line item. Every year, budgets change. I do this at work. For example, if you're putting $500,000 into something that's no longer effective or no longer necessary, you move that money around, and that's how you make it work. Uh, I do it on the county level, day in and day out. Uh, if we need this this year, this next year, if you need the money to put down to bond something, you watch how much you're bonding. You watch where your money's coming from. And in this town, your money comes from your sewer budget, your water budget, and your taxes. So you have three, three, three revenue streams because the revenue streams on behalf of the state government and federal government have dried up over years uh, to the municipalities. Uh, so that's how that's done. There's there's enough money that comes in that you don't necessarily need that. You also have new rateables coming on board, and that helps. And if I like to add to that, I learned business that New Jersey's not always a business-friendly state. Uh, <laughs> local politicians have to work with the present business community as well as future business in our area. Just, just like adding more rateables to our uh, town. There was no reason to hold that Wawa project up for three years. Town lost money on that. There's so much potential throughout the whole town, but whether it's the pipe, whether it's out by the airport, especially downtown, it's got to, the town, all the towns got to grow. And you do that with bringing more rateables into the community, which helps keep taxes down. All right, all right. And we're not tax and spend, I can tell you yes. that. I've been quoted as saying that I throw <coughs> quarters around. Tax and spend? We're not tax and spend. Uh, what does that mean? I'm not going to, I don't throw quarters around real cheap. Right. I throw quarters around like they're manhole covers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do that with my own money. You can ask my oh, yeah? wife and kids. You want to spurge on the trains? <laughs> I only, but that, that they say there's no end to with cars. <laughs> but if you want that outfit, uh, I got to think about it. But no, in all sincerity, uh, we sh I showed that uh, constraint at the, at the Board of Education uh, with a $40 million budget that uh, I think I raised taxes twice or three times in 15 years. I had eight 
years of zero tax increase and one year of a tax decrease. And they were in the times when the state wasn't exactly friendly to Hamilton um, or any other small thing. Keep in mind, Hamilton, Hamilton has a double-edged sword. You want to develop, you want good development, you want good rateables. We also have the Pinelands, so we got to deal with the Pinelands, which is another, you know, we're not going to see Hamilton have that sprawling overdevelopment um, because of the Pinelands, which after living here my whole life, you come to appreciate it when you go to a place like Marlton or Deferred, yeah. there's a traffic light every three right. feet, so you kind of like what you see here, and, you know, but no, we are definitely not tax and spend, there's no way, we, right. the three of us were not raised that way. Okay. Uh, we were not raised that way. So no, uh, because I know people have, uh, have sent me messages and said, oh, you're going to raise taxes to pave the roads. No, we're not going to raise taxes to pave your roads. We may do not do 10 half-inch roads, okay? We may do eight roads and do them correctly, okay? But we're going to have a plan of what street's next. And... I'll leave it at that. All right, yeah. No, I think I think you've made your point. I hope. I, 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 I hope, I hope you, you you see our point. Yeah. Um, okay. Next question. That uh, doesn't mean somebody else's point is bad. Right. Like we, I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, us Hamiltonians, or I don't want to call myself that. I don't want no one get mad at me. Uh, us people of Hamilton, <laughs> if uh, we just want what's uh, best for the town, right? Um, I think we all do. We're yeah. Compassion. Yeah, for our own kids. Um, I have a question for you, man. This is my own personal question because sure. uh, when I was researching you guys, um, I saw your picture and it said you would stand up, uh, like kind of like up against the far left liberals. And this isn't a question about liberals or uh, uh, conservatives. It's more of a question like, do the politics in a small town like this does it really come to liberal versus conservative principles because I, I feel like those are more like big you know national issues of you know uh, childbirth or guns or whatever um are there really issues that are far left that are affected by the council here in hamilton or i believe there are you believe there are i mean i first got involved well things were coming down in last summer in town which I didn't agree with, so I started going to meetings. Could you could you make an example? <clears throat> Say we were spending, which I wouldn't think was fiscally sound. We were going to maybe make a purchase that was out of the range where it should be paid for. And I don't go farther than that. People know what it is. And it just didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. It made no fiscal sense. You have to feel there's a hidden agenda there. Where, so... I wanted transparency. Just be honest with the people. I don't have a, I don't have a business in town where I can be self-serving. We're going to be objective. We're going to spend fiscally, spend a fiscally sound. We're going to be proactive, not reactive. To wait till something's happening, we've got to go back and fix it after the fact. Can I ask you what the thing is that you're talking about? I, I mean, are you guys talking about that clock that everyone's talking about? No, no, no it's not the clock. No. Okay, okay, then I don't. Okay, I was just wondering if it was the clock. Cause I no, that not at all. Nothing with the clock. Okay. Oh, no, the clock, I think the whole town will be happy to see the clock fixed. Yeah. Um, I just wish they'd move it back to where it was when I was a they kid. They moved it. Yeah, it used to be on the corner of Bellevue Avenue. Yeah, where Reagan's Rock is. Where Reagan Rock is is where the clock Why'd they move it? So, for the story I've heard was it actually belonged to the bank. And they got tired of fixing the clock, so the town took the clock and moved it there in 1965. 
which was great foresight to preserve something like that because uh, as you know about me I like to preserve history and and I saw you guys standing proudly put that picture of the three of you guys over the rock yes for sure I was we were all there the day Ronald Reagan came to him oh no way yeah. I, was, I was from me to you from Ronald Reagan oh my god it was a proud day it was my daughter's I fifth birthday I had her on my shoulders oh I, wow. still ha I still have the tickets that they had, the number of tickets that you had to do to enter to get in there. That you had to go through the, the uh, detector no to get way. in there. Absolutely. I, I remember walking downtown as they closed the main street for four days to move the electric poles and, and weld shut the uh, the manhole covers. Well, they had the SWAT team on the roofs. They had the SWAT right. teams on the roofs. I can remember all of that very vividly, you know, That's exciting. September 1984. Yeah. And, uh, there was an interesting time and uh, something that we should be proud of. Um, I don't care what political party you are, how many presidents For sure. How many presidents visit your community? For sure. Very, very few. Small town. Yes. Yeah, but the finest of towns. Um, before I get to the chat pack, which is the last thing, um, I hope you guys are okay with me asking this because I am very curious. Um, are you guys willing to do a debate with the other crew? Absolutely. You are. And that, that discussion is between our campaign manager and their campaign manager. Okay. All right. That's, that's so you want to leave it at that? That's where it is. And okay. That's exactly where it's at. Okay. You just so don't just walk into a debate uh, without having some parameters, and that's where our campaign managers make so, sure. It's so it. soon, though. Do you think parameters can be met before the I actual hope election? So. I've seen it done before. Yeah? Mm -hmm. I hope so. I, I really do hope so. I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm, as you can see, I'm. None of us are afraid to talk here. Well, that's the thing is, like, I really didn't know who you guys were, and I really wanted to find out. And so when I found out the debate wasn't happening, I was really bummed out, like thinking, like, oh, well, I'll never find out who these guys are running against Hamilton first. Obviously, now I'm totally figuring it out, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. But I still would love to see a debate. I think that would be really cool. So would I. So would, would they. So would I. But you, but you have to have regulations and rules and guidelines to go by. Have you guys proposed? Yeah, maybe I shouldn't ask. I'm just curious. I have not. I have stayed. We have stayed hands off. It is up to our campaign manager. That's the way it's always been handled in the past. Oh, so they're just handling yeah, because all that. I am not going to have the three of us have an opinion because Rick's opinion may be different than mine and my. And then you know, uh, there's six people run. We have six different opinions. Yeah. No. All right. Well, I'm I hope not a big fan of that. That's why we have a campaign manager dealing with that. Yeah. Politics, man. I'm going to stay far away my entire life. No, you're not. No. <laughs> I can tell you're not. What are you talking about, I man? I can tell you're not. No way. Maybe school board one day. That's as far that as I would great. ever take Let me it. tell you something. It was a life experience is all I can tell you. Mm. I, I would love to do that, but that is it, man. I think you guys are crazy. <laughs> want to do this. Now, you love your town, though, obviously. Am I right? I've been involved in politics since I was 16. Oh, so you're like a pro. An anecdotal story. In 1966, Hamilton was 100 years old, correct? Correct. My great-grandfather was 103. He was a grand marshal that day. So our roots are from town. Yeah. Wow. You know one of the questions you didn't ask me? What's that? we get to there. Yeah, yeah. Hamilton has a lot of great traditions. <gasps> you saw that written down and I didn't get to it. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. I was waiting for you to get to that. So sorry, dude. You're just like been holding on when he asks this question. A lot of people in Hamilton, what they do from their fathers to their grandfathers to their great-grandfathers, the legacy has been handed down of making homemade wine. Mm. 
and that's mm. what I'm in the process of doing now. In fact, tomorrow I got to take it out of the fermenting barrel and put it in the into the holding barrel. So that's tradition that's passed down from generation to generation. A lot of families in Hamilton keep that tradition going. Uh, they also I've been given. I've been given by the parents of my students. Yeah, <laughs> that's, sure. a, that's, a, that's great. I mean, there's also legacy that was handed down. To, there's little wild cherries that grow. They're like little BBs around here that my great-grandfather used to make homemade wild cherry brandy with. You can use those little yes, things? Yes, make, they make the excellent cherry wild cherry brandy with them. Ah. And uh, my dad used to make all this stuff, and he used to give it away. And I used to say, Dad, why do you do that for you? That's all a lot of work, and you give it away. And now I see that... We lost my father, but now I'm doing the same thing. Not on as big a scale as him, but I'm doing the same thing. And now I know why I used to do it. Love to make people happy. Yeah. Give it away. Just yeah. Love to make people happy. When I get it and I get like these little personalized labels on it with like right. the pictures it's, of like the kids or it's whatever. It's you can't buy, you know. Yeah. I had, I had one. I think it was Tanya LaGuardia, if you know, Nick LaGuardia. I think this, my neighbor. <laughs> your neighbor I think it was the oh great neighbor man the best yes, he uh, is. Yes, he okay is. they put a label on something yes. like the reason you drink and like showed pictures of their kids your kids yes. I think it was you guys yeah hey guys uh, before you go um, I have picked out four questions but you only get to choose one of them from the chat pack one question and hopefully you guys all have an answer for it so uh, I will let you pick sir if you could change one and only one aspect of the U.S. presidential election process, what would it be? One thing that I would change, the campaign is way too long. Mm. And we are totally wore out before <laughs> we get to election day. Because keep in mind, this presidential election that we're going to see in 2020 started on the night when the congressional and senate elections ended in 2018 i know and to be real frank with you being being in politics my entire life it's disgusting it's too long the media we know everything we need to know about a candidate in about five minutes anymore to be very honest with you this is going to be two years every day you turn on the television this one said this this one said that the campaign is too long and you said it early on when we sat down and talked the problem is the divisiveness in this country yeah, it's and the crazy. more some people talk the more divided we come and it needs to come to an end and i'm very sincere about that i agree yeah that's that's a good answer i, I know i blew you away with that but that's a good answer i just think it's too long and i think it's too negative people should point out their strong points not just you, you will not see in our campaign, you will not see one personal thing about any of the three people running against us. All right. I may not like their ideas on roads. They may not like my idea on roads. So, But I would never get personal. Mm. I, I'm not one to run in a campaign and say, so-and-so did this. That's got nothing to do with it. Right. If I want to talk about an issue, the issue's the issue. But I'm not. you'll never see this team. Uh, get personal. I saw that many years ago growing up, and I thought that it was horrible. Yeah. I saw family against family and friend against friend never speak to each other again, and I would never do that. And we've said we've had conversations with ourselves. We're independent thinkers. I don't necessarily have to agree with Joe, and I'll tell him why. But it, we mean it's not always going to be unanimous. Yeah. And I mentioned that also. We're I'm an independent thinker. Um, most of our, de our deals are the same, but we're going to disagree on certain things. And there's other th and there's things I'm going to be I'm going to agree on and disagree with, with the other side. I'm going to do what's best for the town of Hamilton and the people that live here. 
L right. Let me say the greatest thing was serving on a school board where there's no political parties. Mm. So you were independent. That taught me to be independent. And today I might have agreed with Rick with an issue and been mad with Anthony with an issue. Next week another issue might have came up that I disagreed with Rick, but I agreed with Anthony. And you saw core, uh, you know, coalitions form. And you know what came out of it? The best exactly. is what came out of it. Um, just because they're Hamilton first, you can see my voting record. I voted with them probably 80% of the time. Okay? There's times that I don't because I disagree with philosophically what are we doing? Is this the best for the buck or, or whatever? And I'm sure they feel the same way. We agreed when we agreed to run together that it's not lockstep. We're all interested in hearing because guess what? Sometimes a discussion will change my mind. It'll change his mind. It may change your mind. You may bring up something and, and you see something totally different. You just asked me a question. What would I change? I think I blew you away. I'm hoping I blew you away with my answer. Yeah, I, it's, I a good answer. it's too long. It's too costly. And it's too divisive. And, and you know what? I don't care what party you are or they are or I am. I think we would all agree upon that. Mm. And I think you come together and work on that. And that's what's important. Conversation. And don't, I don't care who's Isn't it there. weird? I don't like to cut anybody out of the conversation. Isn't it weird that people say flip-flop as, as if it's this terrible thing? It's like, no, we all flip-flop. You learn. If you didn't flip-flop, you would still be thinking well, the same thing as when you were seven years old. You, like, have, <laughs> you have to get the facts. Show me the facts. Then you can make an objective decision. You may not agree with that decision, but at least if we can justify it and tell you why we made the decision, you know, we're transparent. It's going to be honest. Answer. This is why we did it. Here's the facts. This is the result. You're never going to make everybody happy. I've been in this game forever. You're never going to make 100% of the people happy 100% of the time. But the issue is at least if we take a look at the facts and we say this is this, this is that, this is black, this is red, this is why we want to do it this way. And you know what? Just because somebody from the public comes and questions you, don't mean that you should become defensive because you know what I don't know it all they don't know it all my running mates don't we don't know it all I mean I know what I know from what I do for a job every single day if you ask me what I knew when I went to the Board of Education 15 years ago about um, plans and, and, and study and child study and uh, you name it I knew zero Fifteen years later, I'd look at you and tell you, I earned two college degrees there <laughs> by listening to see, see what an opinion is and court cases and how government works and three-tier busing. And it's not just educating the kid in the classroom. It's a safe surround. It's buildings. It's SROs. You name it. It's, it's all these things that go into a pie. It's not just one thing. It's just not one thing. I don't know it all. There's an old saying. You learn by listening, not by talking. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's great. I, and I want to end on, normally we do a uh, shout-out to whoever you guys want. I don't know if you guys want to give a shout-out or maybe just tell people why they should vote for you. Uh, I'll leave it up to you. You can do both. You guys should start first. You should vote for us as a team because, as I said earlier, we're going to have transparency and honesty. We're going to tell you where we stand going to give you the facts, give you the issues, and give you our decision. Again, you may not, 
can always agree with it, but if it's the best decision for the benefit of the town, then that, that's the road we're going to take. I'm doing this because I believe in more transparency and honesty into our government, local body. Uh, I appreciate your support. We have no self-interest. We are doing this for the benefit of the town that we dearly love, that we grew up here our entire life. We lived here, all of us. And uh, my, like I said, my son is getting ready to build his house here, and that'll be the next generation that's gonna carry on to the town of Hamilton. And this is why I am interested in uh, what I'm, why I'm running. I think you said it right in the beginning you got to be crazy to do that <laughs> Bro. okay because in all sincerity I've done this and been in an appointed position in this community since I was 18 I'm close to 39 years of public service to our community in many aspects you're not even that old kid. I wasn't even born right. <laughs> when That's, you started okay <laughs> not everybody's always going to agree but if you're open about it, you're straightforward about it, you've done your research about it, that's what's important. And I think uh, I've enjoyed my time on council. I, I've, I absolutely loved my time on the Board of Education. I wake up in the morning to serve the community, and I know that these guys will get there with me. Um, it's, a real, it's a real boost when you look at something and you say I was a part of that mm -hmm. and I made that happen for the betterment of our community whether it be the road or sewer system an additional police officer you name it something that did something good for your community and I'll, I'll say this no one whether there are opponents or not wakes up in the morning to do bad mm -hmm. I firmly believe that anybody that puts their name on a line to run for public office in my world, you'll always be a special person no matter what party you are because you're condemned. People look at you differently, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah. Uh, people look at you and go, what's in it for you? <laughs> Quite frankly, there isn't a damn thing in it for me. I donate my salary back as I have for the whole time that I've been there. I've never taken one penny for one public service thing that I've done in this community, and nor will I ever because you know what? It's about our community. I donate my, my check uh, twice a month to different organizations around the community to do good for the community. That money isn't going to make me any richer or retire. And I know that these guys feel the same way. We want to do for Hamilton. We want to be a good face for Hamilton. We want people to come to Hamilton. And I want to continue to be proud. There's many great things to come here for, and we want to keep it that way. Guys, that was great. Thank you very much for coming on my Thank show. You. Thank you. Thank you for having us. All right.